This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. Just a hardworking person like everybody else in Tacoma. 24 years old, doing his job. 42 cops from across the county get pulled away from whatever they were doing because Ed lied. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on the Crossing Division podcast, we're going to talk about our Pierce County Sheriff, Mr. Ed Troyer. And I'm going to pose this question at the outset, and I will ask it again at the end. Just who does Ed Troyer think he's accountable to? With me today, I have Hallie Knigge, who is a mom in Tacoma, very active, and has been also involved in Tacoma Against Nazis. And that will become important, I think, as we talk about some of the elements of this issue. Also, I have Nath Lover with me, and Nath is also a concerned Tacoma resident and a labor activist. We're going to start out, first of all, by talking about uh, deep sigh here. This is actually only a couple of blocks from where I live. Um, Ed Troyer lives in the west end of Tacoma, uh, in North Tacoma. And in late January, he was up apparently at two in the morning or three in the morning. And, um, thought that there was someone outside doing something. So he ran outside, got in his car and started following an individual, a black man in Tacoma, um, who he thought was engaged in something very, very dubious because this individual was at his car, stopped going from his car up to the front door of a house, coming back to his car, driving to the next house, getting out of his car, walking up to the front door, coming back to the car, driving to the next house. For those of you who live in um, places where you have newspapers, it might occur to you that he was, in fact, delivering the morning newspaper. To our sheriff, however, it looked far more dangerous. So he confronted the individual, and then, not satisfied with what he was hearing, he called in an all-alert call to 911 saying that his life had been threatened and implying that he was in danger. In response, all Tacoma Police Department, Pierce County Sheriff's Office, Puyallup Police, and other local police who are all part of a um, reciprocity response when there's an extremely dangerous event, hightailed it into Tacoma. And um, well, from there it gets even more embarrassing. It, It turns out at least The police officers who responded said that um, the newspaper carrier did not threaten Ed Troyer in any way and that this whole thing was blown out of control. It's being investigated now at the request of the governor. It's being investigated by the attorney general's office. Uh, For those of you who know, I am an attorney at the attorney general's office. I know nothing about this. This is not anything that's anywhere near my division. So I'm going to stay silent on anything having to do with the investigation. But let's start with our discussion. Um, Hallie and Nate, who wants to jump in as to why uh, this raised eyebrows and how Tacoma has sort of started looking into things? 
I, I, I'll go. Um, okay. I mean, you, you, you've got a black man delivering his newspaper. He's just doing his job. And our sheriff gets into, you, you outlined the story beautifully, by the way, Evelyn. But we need to point out that he got into his personal vehicle, which is an unmarked car, and, and, and followed Cedric for, I don't know how long he followed him, but to the point that um, he then calls 911 and has this tremendously huge response. More than 40 officers descended on literally this this cul-de-sac in West Tacoma. Um, and uh, he used, you know, said that he, his life had been threatened and all these other things. And just uh, just because the man was doing his job, and it's just infuriating um, that, that that would happen. You add it to the list of, of, you know, what were people doing when cops were called on them? Sleeping in their own house, uh, just doing their job, you know, um, playing with a toy gun. We, we've got a, a long list of these things going back. And, and I just... If you listen to the 911 call and you listen to how the sheriff then goes on to deny the words coming out of his mouth on that call and then going into attacking the media with the follow-up reports in the Seattle Times and elsewhere, um, I mean, it's just just horrible. And at no point has he said, I'm sorry, you know. This was a big mistake and I was an idiot and it was, you know, in the middle of the morning and I should have known better or I should have called someone. And I'm so sorry this happened. And it's, I mean, it's not just, um, it's not just annoying and a misuse of uh, 911 and police resources, but he endangered this man's life to Nate's point and, you know, the list of what people were doing, um, when they were killed in an interaction with law enforcement. I mean, when you send out an officer in danger call, what kind of response are you going to get? And you're going to get when they, all of these flashing lights and all these law enforcement officers come up and there's a black man in the street. Honestly, it's shocking and amazing that he's alive. Um, This was a very, very dangerous incident for him. And it's, it's just very, very disturbing that, that Troyer did this. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I kept thinking was, you know, my knowledge of how the police work is pretty rudimentary. I mean, we're talking about literally what I watch on television. But even from that knowledge, I know that the call that's going to get the most immediate and frankly, most um, elevated response is an officer down call, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the close, this is the closest it comes to saying officer down in that, you know, I am the sheriff and I'm calling you to tell you this guy has threatened me and I'm in fear for my life. Of course, everyone's going to respond with guns drawn. And I agree with you, Hallie. It's literally amazing, literally a miracle that something worse didn't happen to this film. Well, and we know that that what you have to do to justify use of force by an officer is, is be in fear for your life or your livelihood. You're allowed to defend yourself. And so to your point, like, he said this on on the uh, on the call into dispatch, and that's all the justification that that these other officers need because they don't know anything any other element of the story. Right, and I I will say I would find it very difficult to believe that a veteran sheriff's department deputy Ed Troyer has been there for more than thirty years that a veteran deputy would not know that those magic words would lead to the response and the danger that followed. There's no way that that he could not have known that this was going to generate 
an extreme response. Especially if you look at the history, I mean, he's the public information officer. He's the face of the sheriff's department up until the point that he was elected. And the number of officer down media related stories he's done over those 30 years is is not small. So yeah, he absolutely knows what the protocol is and that what he says to the 911 dispatcher has meaning and has influence, especially at 2.30 or whatever it was in the morning. And then it, watching how the story changes from the time that, that he makes the call to what is said on the scene to what he then begins to recall in the media is, is uh, an amazing series of transitions in the tale of, uh, of why he called 911. Suddenly at one point he says, oh, I called because it, we have a problem with porch pirates in our neighborhood. Now, I'm not an expert on porch piracy, except having doorbell that neighborhood and the concerns that the neighbors there have for these things. Um, but those types of robberies and that doesn't happen at 2.30 in the morning because there's no UPS trucks or FedEx delivering that early. Right, right. Well, and this isn't the first time that um, there have been some questions raised about how um, Troyer has changed statements at very important um, events. And I would offer up um, the Tacoma um, Action Collective has been keeping notes for years now, um, especially with regard to the Manny Ellis killing that occurred with the Tacoma Police Department a year ago in March, that initially uh, Ed Troyer had made any number of comments about what happened that, you know, as the investigation moved forward, it turned out that he was not sharing accurate information about um, either the events involving uh, Manny Ellis or the police response to that. So all of these together have us, I think, all on a bit of a heightened alert with regard to uh, what our sheriff is doing and um, how reliable he is, certainly as a spokesperson, but also, you know, what kind of judgment he's showing. He's in a very important position um, and uh, poor judgment or uh, impulsive nature could be extremely dangerous. There's also, I mean, this is a sheriff that the community didn't really even want. The News Tribune declined to endorse a candidate, saying that nobody was fit for office. The Progressive Voters Guide endorsed the write-in candidate. Um, you know, Nath mentioned that he was PIO for many decades, and so there's an argument to be made that he won this election based on name recognition, not, not because of anyone's perception of fitness for office, and frankly, because there was no good option. I went back and looked at the... Um, kind of the write-in tally and the, the write-in candidate, uh, Mams Bridges, got 15,000 votes. That's 3.58%. And I went back and looked at the last Paul Pastor election in 2016. Um, that, that's three times the write-in tally that, that we saw with Paul Pastor, who had no challenger and who you might think would get even more um, write-ins because nobody's challenging him. So, you know, the people this is the sheriff we were, we were given, not the sheriff mm -hmm. we chose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and Hallie, one of the reasons I was hoping you would uh, be available to talk with us was that you recently had posted on Twitter that you had received sort of a, a dump of information 
from both Pierce Transit uh, and with regard to the Pierce County Sheriff's Department regarding some stickers that you noticed on the back window of Pierce Transit vehicles. You want to um, tell us uh, your story and all of the little um, quirks and the path through finding out what was behind those uh, stickers and what's happened since? Sure. Um, so back in January and actually like maybe a week before this altercation with the newspaper carrier, I was driving through Proctor and I spotted a Pierce Transit Sheriff's vehicle right in front of me. Um, and it had a thin blue line flag sticker on the back window. I was a little surprised to see this on a Pierce Transit Sheriff vehicle. And especially because, um, Tacoma police had banned the use of these, this imagery, um, on their vehicles back in summer 2020. Um, you know, the, the thin blue line, some people call it the Blue Lives Matter flag. There's a lot of debate, um, and this comes up in, in some of the response that I got about whether this is about support for fallen law enforcement or about this idea that, that the police force is the thin blue line between the community and total anarchy. Um, but really in recent years, we've seen that this symbol, which is a bastardization, bastardization of the American flag, um, but has been co-opted and seen flown alongside Confederate flags and white, white supremacist marches. And to me as a community member, um, it, it looks very threatening. I see that on a police vehicle and I think, okay, that person that is someone who is not going to give the black newspaper carrier the benefit of the doubt um, when they're interacting with them. So I reached out to Pierce Transit, I emailed the CEO. Um, I went back and I had noted that they had put out a statement about racial equity and their commitment um, to equity in the community following the murder of George Floyd when, when many organizations were putting out similar statements back in 2020. And so I'd emailed the CEO of Pierce Transit, a number of the commission members, which includes Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodard, um, Marty Campbell is one of the commissioners, and a few others, and the sheriff's office, and just said, hey, um, I'm really shocked that this sticker is on the vehicles. Um, I should add, the reason I emailed the sheriff's office is because the sheriff provides contract police services for Pierce Transit. Um, Pierce Transit pays the sheriff $3.5 million a year. Thank you, News Tribune, for that factoid, um, to do contract policing. It's not the only law enforcement agency that Pierce Transit contracts with. They also contract with, I think, Tacoma Police, Fife Police, um, and a few others for policing along their routes and at their stations. Um, and I actually did a little dive into who else uh, the sheriff provides contract policing for that I can um, share a little bit later. Okay. Um, but so that's why I emailed the sheriff and Pierce Transit and just said, hey, like this symbol has been co-opted. It's a symbol of intimidation and anti-blackness. It does not have any place on taxpayer funded vehicles. Um, I heard back from the CEO of Pierce Transit, crickets from everybody else on the email thread, um, be like seven or eight people. And um, she followed up and just said she was going to look into it. And she had an initial conversation with the sheriff and... Um, you know, would, would share more. A couple months went by hearing nothing. And so I followed back up and, and she said, she replied back to me. Um, she's been very responsive this whole time and just said, yes, we asked that these stickers be removed. They're on three vehicles. Um, the three 
vehicles that the sheriff provides. Um, and the sheriff denied our request. So I asked, okay, was that in an email? I know you're a public agency. Could I possibly have that letter? Um, and she directed me to file a public records request. So I went and, um, in a former life, I was a newspaper reporter, so I knew enough to ask for more than just the letter, but also any accompanying emails discussing the letter or discussing the stickers or any like staff um, communications about them. And it painted a pretty interesting picture when I got all of these records, which, um, you know, I emailed in early January, like maybe January 19th. And that same day, um, Sue Dreyer had a conversation with Ed Troyer about the stickers and started looking into it, um, started sending emails saying, what's going on? Are these really on our vehicles? Um, you know, can, can we get them off? Maybe we don't want these stickers associated with Pierce Transit Branding, um, a public transit agency that does a great service within the community. Um, and the sheriff's office was really not very responsive and not very helpful. And there's some speculation throughout from different employees saying the sheriff's probably not going to want these stickers off and others saying, well, the, the CEO Pierce Transit isn't going to be thrilled with that answer. Um, and he eventually does send a letter back. Um, so Pierce Transit sends a formal letter co-signed by Mayor Woodards, as well as the, as well as Sue Dreyer, um, requesting that the stickers be removed, citing the diversity of their transit ridership um, and, you know, just asking that the stickers be removed to create a more kind of welcoming and, and more de-escalating environment um, for, for any kind of policing in the transit system. Um, kind of weirdly, the sheriff replies back only to Sue Dreyer, just cut the mayor off, totally off of the correspondence um, and denied the request, essentially saying that, you know, it's sad that that people think that this means something that it doesn't. This is about support for law enforcement and essentially saying that his um, his priority or accountability is to the uniform and the people in uniform over the community, um, which is pretty disturbing. Um, so I, I'm told that's not the end of the conversation and they're hoping to come to a better resolution. But as of now, the sheriff has said, nope, sorry, I know you pay me $3.5 million a year to provide you with a paid service, um, but no, I will not take these three stickers off of the vehicles that have your branding on them. Yeah, it's his. Um, I have a copy of his letter in front of me, and so let me read parts of it, because I actually find this letter to be um, amazing, really. Um, he says, um, the thin blue line has been used by law enforcement throughout our country for over 60 years. I don't know that that's true. To represent those who stand in separation of law and order from social and civil anarchy. And I say as an aside, I don't think that's true because that movie, The Thin Blue Line, is not 60 years old. Also, like I, social and civil anarchy. Come on. That's right? really what's in order from social. Like it. But for us, we would have social and civil anarchy. I prefer the view held by retired Philadelphia police and D.C. Metro Police Chief Charles Ramsey. What? Uh, which is this. Uh, it is the seam which holds America together despite our difficulties and differences. And he puts in a quote, I do not believe in the thin blue line as it denotes a separation of the people and the police. Instead, I believe in the thin blue thread 
The blue thread is one of many, which is woven into the fabric which makes up our community. Okay, but that quote acknowledges that many people see this as a symbol of separation and a symbol of problems. He then goes on to say, the symbol is also used to honor the men and women who have sacrificed, sacrificed their own lives to protect the lives of complete strangers. This imagery has a deep personal meaning for each of my department members and to the family members of our fallen deputies. I answer to each of them and I respect them deeply. I want you to know that we have a clear rule on what is allowed on our vehicles and what is not. Stickers or other emblems can only be pre-approved images to honor a fallen deputy, the American flag, or to designate assignment to a special unit in our department, canine, dive, etc. They cannot contain the words, Blue Lives Matter. And there are no vehicles in our fleet with stickers that contain these words. If there were, they would be removed immediately at my direction. So he's saying, this is for fallen officers. It's not. It can't say Blue Lives Matter, even though this symbol has become fully associated with that term, Blue Lives Matter. And then he acknowledges, he says, I recognize that recently the blue line symbol has been seized and misrepresented by outside groups as a counter to social justice movements. I want to make it clear that the image of an American flag with a blue line is absolutely not a symbol of intimidation or anti-blackness as alleged by the complainant. It is incredibly disheartening to see this, and we must continue to educate the community on the true meaning of the image. <sighs> Which one so, of those is the true meaning? Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, symbols are symbols. They can change over time. Haven't we all heard that the swastika is also, you know, an ancient symbol I think from, you know, uh, the Hindu religion, but I think that's a reversed one or something to that effect. Haven't mm -hmm. we seen many situations where people explain that the Confederate flag is not really about slavery, but about heritage? You know, I want to be proud of my Southern heritage, so I'm flying the Confederate flag, has nothing to do with slavery or the Confederate, you know, states or I guess the Civil War, which was about slavery. I mean, these explanations are simply not believable. The explanation for the impact of a symbol has to be, how does the public perceive this symbol? And the public perceives this current symbol as either Blue Lives Matter, as in the opposite of Black Lives Matter, and the opposite of Antifa and other social protest groupings. Um, or, you know, getting into some of the white supremacist symbology that we start seeing, you know, that we saw in the January 6th insurrection. So many of those people had on, you know, had Confederate flags. There were also the Blue Lives Matter flags or the Thin Blue Line flag. I mean, it, whatever was intended in the beginning, over time, it has changed. And I agree with you, Hallie, to the people who are, 
the um, customers of Pierce Transit in the Tacoma area, that has to be seen as an unfriendly statement. It has to be seen at least as saying, you know, we're sort of on the police side, we're not on the public side, which I don't think a transit agency is really very interested in being. When the Tacoma Police Department response last summer was, you know, they their statement was Tacoma Police Department is mindful of any symbolism that creates division and controversy with the citizens its officers are sworn to serve. Um, so that's a really different statement. It's, you know, we're here to serve mm-hmm. the citizens and we're aware of how this might be received and thus it's off the vehicles, like simple as that. Well, but yet then in his letter, you know, he, he, the people that he refers to, he doesn't even mention that he's duly elected and, you know, we we'll put quotes around that and put in italics uh, by the citizens of Pierce County. He doesn't even mention that he serves at their pleasure, right? It is not the officers he's serving. Now, when he was a PIO, he served the department, he served the officers, but he's now an elected official, like it or not. Our sheriff is elected by the citizenry of Tacoma, and he doesn't even acknowledge that. He's saying that he he's there and that this represents those people he's working for. But I think he's got that messed up a little bit. He does have that messed up. He is not working for the sheriff's department, the deputies. They report to him. He is their supervisor, not their servant. And he has been elected by the people and he is paid by the people to ensure that the laws are followed properly and that their you know, safety officers are available to see to safety needs in Pierce County. He is not the union president. He is not, you know, the social leader. He is the elected sheriff who is elected by us, the citizens, the residents of this county to serve us. And I think he's lost sight of that. Let's take a little break here. And when we come back, let's talk about if he's lost sight of it, what do we do about that? Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Citizen Tacoma, and a proud Alaska Airlines frequent flyer. Everything in our day-to-day life seems to involve more hassle these days. So it feels good that Alaska Airlines is making something easier. Alaska has made air travel virtually touch-free. Here's the rundown. When you check your bags at the airport, you won't have to touch the kiosk to print your bag tags. They'll print when you scan your boarding passes, or you can even print them from home. When you board your flight, they can scan your boarding pass from as much as six feet away. Now, the lawyers want me to say that this might not work if the lighting in the terminal is low or if the print quality of your boarding pass isn't great. But still, kudos to Alaska for trying to keep physical distancing at every point of the trip. And don't forget, you can pre-order your meal from your phone or from your computer. You can even put your card on file in case you decide mid-flight to splurge on a local wine or beer. Get your drink without pulling out your card. Now that's the perfect blend of convenience, safety, and temptation. Those are the thoughtful details that make me choose Alaska Airlines every time I fly domestically. When you're ready to travel, rest easy, because Alaska's got this. Skip the travel sites and visit alaskaair.com to book your next flight. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for making travel smoother, and thank you for your support, Channel 253. Hi, we're back after that break. 
Uh, before we get further into this conversation, if you are not yet a member of Channel 253, we hope you will consider joining us. Uh, the cost is $4 a month or $40 a year, and it covers our production costs um, and business costs of putting these podcasts on and of making them available to you. If you become a member, you will also get access to the very interesting uh, and always thought-provoking off-the-record podcasts hosted by Doug Mackey, our producer. And you'll get access to our uh, Channel 253 Slack channel, which is always, always a source for provocative information. So we hope that you will join us. Okay, let's get back. So we have questions about whether Ed Troyer um, understands that he is an elected public official paid by public monies, as in taxpayer funds, to fulfill a public purpose. Uh, and instead, he seems to think that he is still one of the guys hanging with his buds, trying to, you know, get uh, get the next uh, episode of Cops out on the streets or whatever. So what do you guys think of this? I mean, what's sort of the, what are you hearing around Tacoma about how people are reacting to um, both Hallie from your story? Because it was picked up by both KNKX and the News Tribune. So what sort of things are you hearing about this um, ridiculous um, support for the thin blue line stickers on transit um, police vehicles? I think um, what I'm hearing is just a lot of, you know, this is just another example of how the sheriff is not accountable to the community that he serves. Um, I kind of look at this and and I try to imagine, you know, if I'm in his shoes, just what, um, it's possible that it feels very powerful to know that you weren't really wanted and yet you got the job anyway. And now you do what you want. Um, you have many customers, but you don't really have to do what they say because you've got, you've got total power and you can just align yourself to the blue and not consider your community. Um, so I think that's, which I, um, I think that's a lot of what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. It's just, he doesn't, he's, he's not serving the community. Mm -hmm. And Nate, what about you? I know you were getting uh, in the middle of sort of a discussion about options after the story came out about, um, you know, calling 911 on the news carrier and, and saying that his uh, life had been threatened. Yeah. I, there, so there's a couple of routes we can go and, and we've seen this before as Hallie was describing um, to just now, I, I got big Dale Washam vibes, right? Suddenly you have somebody yeah. in a position <laughs> that is not performing the duties as as they should and being uh, accountable to the voters as a whole. Um, and when when this 911 call came out, uh, you know, it was a couple of months after it happened too. Um, it, you know, we find out that we could run a recall against him. And when we tried that against Dale Washam um, a decade ago, that didn't work out very well. And uh, there's there, the bar to recall an elective official in our state is incredibly high. Uh, we would need to gather over a hundred thousand signatures in order to even, well, in order to even get it on the ballot, let alone the, um, the bar that you'd have to, 
jump over for the courts to say, yeah, there, there's some legitimate grievances here against this elected official. And so for better or for worse, I mean, that's a high bar. Kudos to the voters of Pierce County for turning out at a level that it would take over 100,000 signatures mm-hmm. to do that. It's based on the last election. So, um, but, um, you know, the only other option that that we really have here is to encourage our sheriff to resign. Um, it's, it's the honorable thing to do. It, it would you know, allow us as a county to um, have a little bit of dignity within our uh, ranks of our of our elected law enforcement leader. Um, and if you look at the mathematics, there, he's got his pension; he's vested in that and everything. He could just do the the, the honorable thing as a human being and just step down um, because he literally antagonized a working man at two thirty in the morning who was just doing his job in his neighborhood. And that's that that I just can't that just a hardworking person like everybody else in Tacoma, 24 years old, doing his job, 42 cops from across the county get pulled away from whatever they were doing because Ed lied on a 911 call. And you can hear that entire recording. It's available. It's right there to listen to it. And we could debate about all sorts of things. But the fact of the matter is, it was a false report to 911. Mm-hmm. So he should resign. He absolutely should. And we should be doing things that encourage him to, to resign. Um, well, um, speaking of that, uh, tell me a little bit about the resign ed signs. Yeah, so uh, there's a, a group of us. We we're just kind of kicking this. Well, I think what happened is I was out walking my dog uh, and on a conference call. And I thought, huh. You know, we could just, uh, from the point where Ed lives to the point where he goes to work, there's the office in downtown Tacoma, and then there's also the one, the precinct out near uh, Frank's Donuts in Parkland. And, you know, we could put along those routes, uh, just signs that say, hey, Ed, resign, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, kind of bounce it off a couple of people. There was... Uh, a rather extensive conversation about how the comma would look in the sign. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> think, but we settled on a, you know, the message is just resign it. And we did a fundraiser. We raised enough money and we got a hundred signs out and we put them out um, in the, in the, uh, under the guise of night. And that next morning uh, folks saw them all right. That mm-hmm. they uh, lining these areas and within 24 hours, they were all gone mysteriously. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yes. Uh, each and every single one. I, uh, so we, um, we're in the process of, that's oh, an ongoing process of raising money uh, to put out more signs and just continue to remind. I mean, we literally have three years that this guy needs to resign uh, before that time. And uh, we definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly uh, just raising the money and when we get enough to get, the, the next batch of signs, then we go and we purchase those and then we put out more signs. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun to see um, kind of like ad hoc signs popping up around too. There's someone created a big banner that's hanging out outside of an apartment building near Wright Park. And then someone did, took chalk to a fence. And so it's kind of popping up elsewhere as well. I saw mm-hmm. somebody pressure wash their fence. Um, <laughs> to, it's to, harder to get, get that one off. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
So, Hallie, you had mentioned um, that there was some other information that you found out about the Pierce County Sheriff's Office and their contracts for contract policing. What was that? Yeah. Um, so in this, I mean, I January is when I learned that the sheriff provides policing services to Pierce Transit. And so I went to go find out kind of where else um, the sheriff has these contracts. And I think the reason I think this is important is because if we have serious concerns about the fitness of our sheriff to do his job and take care of the community um, that he was elected to serve, uh, both both related to the cover-up and kind of corruption following the death of Manny Ellis last year, um, this inappropriate uh, law enforcement call in January. There was another one maybe in November connected to his uh, supposed break-in that maybe didn't happen at his campaign office. Um, So like we have, there's some pretty serious concerns about the sheriff of Pierce County, but it's not just Pierce County. um, It's not just the County that he's, that he's policing for. So he, he is providing services to Pierce transit. Um, The I'm a resident of the city of university place. The city of university place police department is actually all contract Pierce County sheriff. So we have a police chief, but he's actually, employed by the sheriff. So I reached out to him. Um, he's, he's very responsive. He's, uh, answers all my many concerned mother emails. Um, but I emailed him and I said, Hey, uh, want to check in with you about the thin blue line sticker and, and, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And what I learned was, um, you know, the city pays the County to provide sheriff services and in return, they get all of the policies of the sheriff's department. So, you know, City of University Place doesn't really have a say, much like Pierce Transit, and whether these stickers show up. Um, the City of Edgewood also contracts with the sheriff. Uh, they provide a lot of specialized services like investigations. You mentioned the dive unit um, to Fife, Furcrest, Sumner, Buckley, South Prairie, Ruston, and Gig Harbor. Um, they provide the school resource officers in a number of schools. So it's Bethel, Franklin Pierce, Peninsula, and Puyallup school districts. Um, Pierce Transit, of course, and then they also uh, have the contract with Pacific Lutheran University for on-campus policing. So um, goes goes he casts a wide net, uh, is what I would say. So if you have concerns about the sheriff, um, he's got a lot of connections to a lot of other organizations as well. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things as you're reading, as you're sort of going over that list, that comes to mind is kind of a public perception issue. I mean, I think that I don't know if these um, thin blue line stickers are on vehicles used by all of these other uh, municipalities and by the university, but if they are, it gives the impression that you have a really widespread support for um, policing, which may not be very accurate. Um, in Pierce County, it maybe it is accurate. I don't know, but I mean, it, it it if it is the Pierce County Sheriff that is really kind of dictating what sort of signs or displays are used on vehicles that look like their university place or you know some other district, then it's sort of more influence than they would have if they only had control over vehicles that were doing Pierce County Sheriff's Department work. I also go back to, and um, I'm told there aren't any stickers on University Place police um, vehicles, but 
that's by happenstance, mm-hmm. um, not because of policy, because it's it's sheriff's department policy. Um, but like all the other issues aside, uh, like they are providing a service for money. And, um, you know, if I am a business providing service to my customer, you might think that a customer who pays me $3.5 million a year might have some say in how I provide that service. Um, and clearly not. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that what would need to happen is uh, perhaps more people need to write, I would say to the sheriff, as well as to Pierce Transit saying, you know, I also find this um, inappropriate. So here's the thing to me, this sticker, regardless of how you may interpret it, and I would say people interpret it as the police versus um, protesters and versus the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, But regardless, that's political. It's not a sticker that is a statement of support of fallen comrades. Washington State has a law... um, enforcement memorial in Olympia. It is, you know, at the back of the Supreme Court Temple of Justice. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It overlooks Capitol Lake. Every year they have a a ceremony where they add names of fallen officers to the memorial. It is um, supported by the um, Fallen Officer uh, Foundation. There are stickers that are, you know, police officers in silhouette that are part of that foundation. I mean, if you want to do something for fallen officers, there is a vehicle for that. And it is not the blue lives matter or the thin blue line sticker. That sticker is political. It is not appropriate for a publicly funded, actually, as I'm thinking, I'm coming up with an idea. It is not appropriate for a publicly funded resource to be used for a political statement. It actually is a violation of our state campaign laws. And I think maybe the Public Disclosure Commission needs to be asked to take a look at that too. Hmm. Well, we'll see about that. (laughs) But here's the thing. You want to do something for fallen officers, do something for fallen officers. This sticker has problems. It is well-documented that it has become associated, the same as the three percenters, the Proud Boys, the Patriot Front, all of these things, it has become associated with white supremacy. No one should want that on our sheriff's department vehicles, period. Nobody should want that. The only response that should happen is, wow, I didn't know that, or maybe even I don't agree with it, but, you know, okay, if people feel uncomfortable about it, we'll take it back, we'll take it off. It doesn't need to be there. So that's my soapbox. What do you think should happen now? I'll start with you, Hallie. What do you think should happen with regard to the stickers? And what do you think, if you could talk to Ed Troyer and have him actually listen to you, what would you say to him? I think I just truly do not understand this symbol over everything. And even if it started out with one intent, the impact is very different now. I, you know, we are a household that enjoys Marvel movies. I like Thor. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Wield in his hammer. Thor's hammer is a symbol that has been co-opted by neo-Nazis. And like, there is no symbol that I care about so much that if, um, 
that I wouldn't be willing to give up wearing or using if I knew that my doing so was striking fear into the hearts of my fellow community members, right? Like I'm willing to give up pretty much anything else, anything, because I consider myself a decent human who doesn't want to walk around town scaring people and intimidating people. And I just wish that um, the sheriff would consider just with a little bit of humanity, the impact that that is having on the community. Um, and just, just demonstrate some modicum of accountability to the community that, that you were elected to support. Mm-hmm. Nath, what about you? If you could talk to Sheriff Troyer and if he would listen to you, what would you say to him? I'd tell him that he should resign. I really do. I think he should just step down. Um, he's not, he's obviously not fit for office. He's not fit to be in there. Um, and it, it, it's a matter, uh, try to appeal to his honor or something in there, uh, because he is not, uh, January, let's put it this way. January 27th could have ended with another black man dying for no reason. Mm-hmm. Just because our sheriff made a call to 911 and more than 40 officers responded. That's, that's, it's a, it, Hallie said this earlier, it's a miracle that, that Cedric is still alive. Mm-hmm. And um, so our sheriff needs to step down. That's just what he needs to do. And we need to remind him of that every single opportunity we have. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and on that note, um, Nath, is there um, some place that people can contact you if they're interested in um, either helping to fund or participating in your resign ed activities? Yeah, um, they can find me on Twitter at Nath Lauder and just reach out there. Um, if you have one of my campaign cards from a couple of years ago, um, I distributed 10,000 of those around the neighborhood. You can just uh, text me at, uh, or send me an email, uh, nath at lover.us, and okay. you could probably um, put that out there. And if you're on Venmo, uh, look up resign ed. It looks like uh, resigned as one <laughs> whole word. And so you can, you can uh, look it up there and, uh, they're not tax deductible donations and every penny goes towards science. Okay. Excellent. And Hallie, what do you expect to hear next? Do you think you're going to get further contact from Pierce transit or do you think that you're going to have to push them a little bit more? I think, um, I think I will continue to follow up. Um, I, in some of the, some of the records that I received, um, the CEO who's retiring in June, I believe, um, was pretty, uh, convicted that she was going to get these stickers off the vehicle. So, I mean, what a great kind of parting gift to the community if she's able to do so. Um, but I'll, I'll continue to be tracking and I'll continue to be following up with some of these other organizations with contracts to ask them to contact the, contact the sheriff. I think paying customers, um, maybe maybe their voices will be heard a little bit more loudly than the community. I think maybe so. So if people want to follow you as this story unfolds, where uh, can they find you on Twitter? And what's your Twitter handle? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hallie Rebecca, H-A-L-L-E-Y-R-E-B-E-C-C-A. Um, I 
talk a lot about getting vaccinated and wearing your mask and uh, police accountability. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for this episode. If you have thoughts on what we're talking about today and you want to share them, you can contact me by email, uh, truetacoma at gmail.com, or also find me on Twitter at true underscore Tacoma. Thank you. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.